0: okay hey welcome back it's movie cinema film club mcfc back in the house we've got yeah uh, great- let's go <laughs> <laughs> we've got a great week for you. Uh we've got 2021's Dune and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about in that. But as always before we get into this shit, we are going to do our dailies, the part of the the show where we kind of tell you uh something that was exciting for the week. So um I feel like the energy is, is on Ian. Ian, can you share your daily today?
1: I would I would, I'm glad to. I just, I have an announcement. I am in love with Austin, Texas. I went down to Austin this past week. Yeah, (laughs) No, uh, my daily this past week, uh, I did make it down to Austin, Texas, and it was wonderful uh, because, coincidentally, my aunt, uncle, and cousin, my cousin just turned, he's like a senior in high school, and he was visiting UT Austin. And he's actually a oh, nice. jazz musician. He's a jazz trumpet player and he's like oh. auditioning for the music program. He's super talented and it was wonderful because like life kind of happened and I had not seen these people in like 15 years, you know, and it's just kind of <laughs> like, wow, I, you know, I've been on my journey and they're wonderful relatives and and it was just so great to, you know, I finished up work, just drove straight down to had dinner with them and spent like Hours having drinks, laughing all night, recounting family history. And it was just, it was really meaningful. And I guess uh, it's so cliche, but as you get older, those moments that like slip away and you're like, how did 15 years go by and we have not seen each other? And so it was super great. Uh, I'm so glad I was able to see Lisa, Eric, and Aiden. And uh, that was my highlight, just spending quality time with family that I really care about. Nice. Hmm. That's awesome.
0: What about you, Britt?
2: Are you ready for the simplest daily ever? Uh Sure. No. My my the thing that it, it's not so much a highlight of my week as much as it is the thing that I'm grateful for and that is my health because I was deathly ill last week. I got food poisoning or a stomach bug or something. And it was one of those moments where, you know, you're just like boop boop, like going along life, thinking everything's great, and you get knocked the fuck down. And I cannot remember the last time I was that sick. And I had COVID last year. So um it was <laughs> it was a rough couple of days and it really made me look around and appreciate like i am glad that outside of that moment like i am a generally healthy person like i don't you know there's a lot of ailments going around uh as we age and <laughs> i'm just so grateful that that was like a blip on the radar and and that i am healthy and and doing okay in that realm
1: <laughs> well, well that's good I'm sure to, our, good that you our... are <laughs> I'm sure our <laughs> listeners are also grateful that you're still with us. Uh, do do we do we know the source?
2: Oh, so that I can poison? give them a are shout we... out.
1: <laughs> yeah, give no. uh, give the local establishment. Uh, no, but
2: <laughs> fuck this place. No, I actually don't know because I had been to. Uh, I was kind of bopping around a few places that night. I had a bite here and a drink there and a beep, pop, pop. So I, yeah, I have no idea. But um, it fucking sucked, and I'm glad I'm still alive.
1: And I'm glad these restaurants are glad to to remain nameless. Yeah, but but we're glad (laughs) they're glad I
2: also was at other places in that same (laughs) day. (laughs) To
0: your health! Cheers! Thank you, thank
2: you, (laughs) Bo. How about you? Um,
0: Cheers! Cheers! Uh, Cheers, So my daily this week was it it was kind of a surprise to me. Um, It was a great week, actually. I had a couple things that I could pick. My friend Nate. Flew into town and we had a really great time. I love seeing that guy. We had we just really motivate each other in creative ways, but I was so lucky that I had planned this thing, uh, many moons ago. I had partnered with this, um, organization called the purple project. And what they do is help, uh, people who are victims of domestic violence, get out of those situations and find them shelter homes, things like that, where they can be in a safe space. And they had reached out to me to possibly do, of all things, a comedy show with them. And it felt a little weird in the beginning. It's like, okay, here's a, a, an organization about domestic violence, and then let's have a comedy show. And I was like, nothing, you know, laughter is the best medicine, especially during domestic violence. It's like, oh, boy, you know, like, I, I just didn't know how to play that, you know. But uh, me and my <laughs> partner at Rift City, Daniel, we put the show together with them, picked a couple comics. I got a chance to go to the show and just, you know, obviously see how it went. And it went really well. And I was really proud of the two comics that we had. And as a surprise that I didn't know, to me, um, they awarded us with a certificate of special congressional recognition with my name on it. So the Congressman Scott Peters from the 52nd District of California gave me an award hand signed with what looks to be a 90 cent sharpie uh he uh, i was awarded the certificate of just saying like hey dude thanks for helping people good for you and i was like wow i don't think i've ever received a congressional recognition of of anything so i'm really glad it's a comedy show for domestic violence uh victims (laughs) So and, and now uh, that
2: award is gonna and, go up in the tiki bar. Yeah.
0: This is gonna go up in the the sneaky crow, my tiki bar. <laughs> and, and I'm just gonna brag about it. Every time someone comes in, I'll be like an old man, like, you know I have a congressional recognition medal. You know that, right? I'm gonna do that. So that's that is my daily. Wonderful. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, those are the dailies. And now we move on to this week's special feature, our, uh, our feature presentation, as they say in the, the, the industry. I don't know. Is that what they say? Um, and that is that is 2021's Dune directed by. Hold on a second. Let me try this. OK, Denis Villeneuve. And starring mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem, Zendaya, Stellan Skarsgård, Jason Momoa, and everyone else in Hollywood currently. Mm-hmm. Um, what a cast! Yeah. What a freaking cast! Um, yeah. So, you know, I was going to write a synopsis for this movie, but I'm sorry if you are currently living and you don't know what dune is then i don't know what's going on you you probably have some issues so dune is a movie it takes place in the sand here we go um (laughs) i would love to hear uh i would love to hear what ian has to say about dune dune part one part one one. dune where's my
1: ornithopter (laughs) Uh, <laughs> just really workshopping that all week
0: yeah
2: okay yeah, yeah.
1: oh Can't well uh <laughs> you know one of the things that i love about movie cinema film club is that it forces me to watch things that i probably would not have sought out on my own admittedly this picture a sci-fi epic you know action blockbuster i would not have gone on to see on my own and. Uh, it's just uh, not my cup of tea, you know, is uh, this kind of genre or style of film. However, this is one of the few times that uh, the audio, the visual, was stunning and breathtaking. Like the things that I remember about this film where I took away from are very memorable scenes that were, you know, just over the top and grand, and it's like, and that's why you go to the movies to mm. see this like massive scale yeah um and obviously you know we're recording this uh after the oscars and they did a great you know, they had a huge win in all the categories related to audio visual but i'm not here to talk about that i'm here to talk about will i'm just kidding i'm kidding oh my God. but uh my well what i will admit is while i would give all the audio visual elements to this film like an a plus i thought the story was lacking a bit or was very simplistic and I recognize the challenges for Denis Villeneuve uh, in terms of the adaptation of Dune and you know you're like that's got to be a hard task it's such a gigantic work in the sci-fi world and you have you know hardcore fans that are like if you don't include this character you're you know like and that's I can't right. imagine trying to take you know this work and condense it down to a two and a half hour picture yeah that being said yeah this is one of the other, other, other if i'm being really honest like i came in completely blind had no backstory to this and this is one of the few times that i would encourage listeners if you haven't seen it to maybe just get like the names of characters kind of like as it was a little overwhelming like Harkonnen, Atreides, and, you know, Arrakis. And it's almost like hearing a foreign language that, like, did distract me and kind of confuse me a little bit. Um, so I, I thought about how, you know, if you read, uh, like, an old play, you know, there would be that situation of, like, before you start the play, like, here's our cast of characters. Uh, here's, yeah. like, you know, like, and again, I get it that... Uh, so I go back and forth about this idea where this is part of me was like, I kind of wish like before the movie started, it's like, all right, Duke Leto is Paul's dad. <laughs> you know, like, here's, and, like you're going to meet this like, <laughs> uh, like a family tree or sub <laughs> breakdown of like, and
0: here, and it's dude. I was just going to jump in real quick and say that I had a similar issue with Game of Thrones when I first started it. Mm, okay. I was like, who the hell is who? And there's the, all the names. Some of the names were really similar. And what was great about that show is every episode and ev- of every season, it changed slightly, but it kind of went from house to house showing you where things are located on a map and what the house is called. So you can kind of understand the who's who and you learn that. But it's still very, very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. Yeah.
1: And I recognize this is futuristic, like I forget how many years in the future, and in a way it was kind of like this very uh, interspatial, but like from each, you know, Iranian, uh, you know, uh, Kenyan, or like all these, you know, almost like the names of the different tribes were almost indicative of like parts of the world mm-hmm. that are now all inhabiting these spaces, but uh, I was a little bit confused, and uh, the, you know, they contradict that point, I remember seeing an interview with David sedaris where he was talking about like if you are do if you're a writer and you're doing a book reading, like the last thing you should ever do is kind of like read and then interrupt yourself and like, oh let me give you some background information. It's like, well and you're not doing a good job telling your story. Like just tell the damn story. Right. Yeah. And right. so, you know, in the same breath. And then, you know, eventually I just kind of paused like probably 30 minutes into the film. I was like, all right, well, you know, this tribe is trying to oppress or take over this tribe. They're at war. And then you know, there's like resources that are very valuable, and then there's like a chosen one. It's kind of like the hero arc in a lot of these stories. Like you have special sure. powers and a gift, and you are the one, right? Um, yeah. Not to like, simplify dune. And because again, overall, I did enjoy it. And I'd love to hear from both of you, but the only other comment I would make, my last comment. Is I think and one I'm very I'm I'm you know looking forward to seeing part two because that's also like a difficult thing when you have a three hour like a two and a half hour movie that's like it's build up you know (laughs) like you know like you got to wait two more years for the like the rest of this story but I feel and I know we've we've praised Mr. Timothy Chalamet quite a bit on this show and I feel like they got the right guy you know it's like not only do i think he possesses actual uh, universal appeal but he has incredible acting chops and like he can also step into this mega movie star role and i think you you know you know you both know me that i like sports analogies and football (laughs) it's like if you get the franchise quarterback it's like all right we're good for 10 years like we're good like if you get the guy like you're good i kind of feel like with dune it's like yeah, you you can knock out like three of these, and like you got the guy. Like yeah. you don't have to worry about. And I feel like sometimes, like in those '90s Star Wars, it was always like, yeah, like we're gonna like this is our Luke Skywalker. Like all right, I don't, <laughs> all right. And whereas Chalamet can carry this series for an extra several you know films, and they're gonna be just fine. So
0: yeah. those are my thoughts on Dune. But uh, awesome, uh, Brit. Uh, how how do you how do you process dune
2: well that may still be happening but um i agree of course visually you know stunning every technical award that it got it was rightfully so um i think i'm pretty much on the same page as ian like where i think this struggles is in the story mainly and I think that part of it might be is that like they did this weird thing where it's like yeah we're making Dune we're making this one movie we would like it to be two but you know it's only gonna be two if the first one is successful so like we're gonna kind of lead in but we don't really know if we're and I feel like that was not the way to accomplish like this is way too much content for you to not know going in whether you're making one or two movies. And I think that the story kind of struggled with like, of course you have to have a lot of exposition because this is a gigantic world that someone like me or Ian knows nothing about. And you got to let us know what the fuck is going on. And so like, I get that, but I feel like in a lot of ways there were like sort of these um, like snippets of world building it almost felt like you're trying to build too much of this world at once, and we didn't mm. fully like. I I I just feel like I'm at the starting line of eight different stories, you know, and like I didn't really get far enough down any of those lines that I'm like, oh, okay, well I'm I'm invested in this character, or I'm curious to see where this goes. I mean, yes, he made it to you know, uh, the Fremen and that is sort of like one completed link of the story that it's like, Hey, he's trying to make it here. He made it there. Like, okay. But I just feel like the parts of the story that actually pan out, like Ian said, are like very simple. Um, And so, uh, but like, again, it's like, I don't know the whole, the, you know, the story of the whole of Dune. I don't know what the better way to do that would have been. Other than maybe just breaking up the story differently across these two movies, but again, to do that, you would have to know you are making two movies from the jump. So, like, I don't know. That's a that's a difficult uh, situation. Yeah, but I don't think
0: I don't think this movie is successful without a, a second part. I, I mean, it's not. It it just gets to a, it just gets to a point where it's like, okay, and and here we go on this next adventure. But it's like, you didn't solve anything for me,
2: right? yeah
0: in my opinion this story didn't so yeah did either of you ever
1: feel there was like any real tension in this first film or any actual like suspense or like
2: that was kind (gasps) of my other i mean I, i i feel like there were brief moments of tension like when uh him and his mom are in that um I don't remember what it's called, the little, you know, the spacecraft.
0: Dragonfly. <laughs> sure,
2: dragonfly thing. Um, <laughs> you know, that yeah. specific scene, that few minutes scene, there was tension of like, ooh, are they going to make it? Of course, you know, they do. But I mean, there's, you know, there was an artificial tension of sorts. Um, so I feel like, you know, there were like brief moments that had tension, but like the story on the whole, no. And I think that if you're going to have two and a half hours that's leading into a second part of this story, I would have liked a lot more attention. Um, all of this being said, I did still enjoy the film. I just think that there was a little bit of a struggle when it comes to the story and how it was explored. Um, I also thought it was kind of fun to see, like I, I knew uh, I had I had heard you know tales of how George Lucas had stolen so much of his ideas from this world, so it was kind of fun to really? see all of that play out. Um, but yeah, I, I never. Oh yeah, yeah, because I mean, like you know, it's like the Force from Star Wars is like the voice in dune like all of this is happening uh, on a fucking sand planet and all, you know it's just like all right george sit down um
0: well also i mean they even mentioned spice running in star wars very true so it's like, yeah. he, he, he borrowed a <laughs> he, lot of he stuff. He
2: didn't even try on that one. He was just like, yeah, <laughs> spice. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, enjoyed it overall. Had had some some slight issues, but um, all of the technical things were very much a win. And the cast was amazing. I will say, though, uh, kind of like we talked about this in The Heart of a Fall, there was a little bit of that. Like, you have this amazing cast and so many amazing people in this, and not a lot of them really got to be used very much or to their full potential. Um, But, you know, that is also just a problem of you have so much story to tell and not a whole lot of time.
1: One, uh, One quick comment about that amazing cast. One thing I did appreciate was, like, no one you know opting for kind of a strange futuristic accent like i just like that javier baden was clearly javier baden like with a Spanish like yeah i'm this dude at Arrakis but it's not like you know uh Um. nobody i kind of just appreciated that um yeah it didn't distract me from uh the dialogue or the content with some like bizarre almost you know, in the heart of they fall, kind of like a strange Jamaican uh, like Rasta. Like I was like, what what's happening right
0: now? You know, like But Yeah. Bo. Yeah. Um You know, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Um I'm really excited to I, I kinda wanna know from Ian uh after I get done is like what was it like watching it on a phone? That must have been so different than what I got to experience. Um so I i think that it was an amazing cast i thought the sound the score the the just the design of the sound was unbelievable um cinematography costume all of those things are just like so top-notch um whoever's choosing these things if it's Denis or whoever else it's like they all understand like we're gonna do the best version that we can um i read an article today about how the sound designers, the actual people who were editing the sound and doing the sound, they changed the sound of the spacecraft when they loaded more people on it because it would have been heavier. And so the propellers or the wings would have been working harder, mm. which would have made more sound. And so if you watch the movie, they change that. And it's, like, it's little things like that that I love on the back end. It doesn't matter to the film, but they did that because they really cared about the story and cared about you know, their end of that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny to me. I, I feel like this movie feels slightly rushed, even in its three-hour time frame. It, it feels rushed at times where it's like, wait, we didn't spend any time here. W- okay, why are we doing this? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that comes to mind is the character who double-crosses oscar isaac's character it's like that comes out of nowhere and there's no like there's really no like moment that you feel these two are close in any way not really it's like all of a sudden it's just like i double crossed you and it's like what what and now i'm gonna help you (laughs) what what's happening here it's like i feel like there needs to be more there needed to be more time to sort of like develop that the bond between these two to to really make me feel as a viewer like yeah, that's um that what a bummer. Like he's in a tough place, you know, but like you ruined a whole like essentially a whole kingdom over your wife. It's like, you know, there are other women. Um <laughs> that being said, that being said, um <laughs> I also felt like it it felt a little underacted at times, uh almost lazy in certain spaces, but I also think that that might be more about the story's landscape or you know trying to hit the tone of the book and I haven't read the book so I don't know but there were times where I was like this just felt like you know yeah I think Timothy Chalamet is great but I think his role is kind of boring he doesn't really he has a couple moments that he's really intense but like all in all he just kind of looks like a kid who's looking looking at what his parents are doing the whole movie. I, I don't know that I may be acting or saying something too harsh, but I just felt like it, 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 it seemed a little underacted by a couple of the people. Go ahead, Ian. Well, and I, and I actually agree with you. And I suppose
1: my comment about them lucking out with Chalamet is, I don't know if necessarily if like his performance was super strong, but it's again like, he has, it's kind of like you have this perfect, person that just fits this role and is so uh again uh i don't know how to articulate it but it's it's almost like a perfect casting of like that is paul right <laughs> his name is paul but he's, he's kind of like a innocent looking kid that mm. you know you can grow with but right like the actual performance was very understated or you know minimal but it didn't yeah. require much. Like he's not. Yeah. He's just kind of having visions, and well,
0: uh, yeah, and that's why I was kind of wondering if maybe it was less about the you know the actors not doing their job, but more about the role at hand, which may have been that you know. Um. One thing I wrote down here is like I didn't really see what the spice's importance was and why everyone wanted it. That wasn't really shown to me what the benefits of the spice just that spice is important and everybody wants it did i miss something
2: they had literally one line uh during a shot of some cool space happening where they said that the fremen Mm. you know it's this ancient thing of their land that is like a hallucinogen and Mm -hmm. like important in their rituals or whatever and for the rest of the world it's essentially oil it's like they didn't say Mm -hmm. specifically how but they said that without it Space travel would be impossible. Like they need it mm. to so be using, able to travel using spice through
0: space to travel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's I. I do know that the the whole allegory of this, the whole thing is like it is about oil. It's about you know immigration. It's about a lot of these things. Um. I just felt like this movie didn't show me why it's so important. Yeah. Like there are movies where gasoline is the is the tender but then people run out of gas and they're fucked because right. of it you know and you see that you feel that the only time that spice really came into play was when they were mining that spice and then the worm was coming and then Oscar Isaac's character is like we got to get those people off here if they're not going to be able to move that ship out of here and it showed him as a leader saying like I- I'm here for the people right mm-hmm. But like outside of that, like I didn't see what it was, you know. I didn't feel a big loss in the spice getting lost in that moment. So I just felt like there could have been more build on why that's important. Yeah, and, and and to piggyback that, I felt like this movie did a poor job at making me feel an emotional bond between. Uh, Chalamet's character, Paul and Oscar Isaac's character, character, the father son bond wasn't so strong, didn't feel so amazing that when he loses his father, it feels like a major loss to him. I just didn't feel it. I didn't see it. It wasn't there on the movie. So maybe if I read the books, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then that happened and yep. Okay, great. But like, I don't think this movie did a great job of building that, that drama, that emotional side I thought this movie was pretty cold in general, and maybe the book is cold, and maybe it's an a- absolute direct representation of the novel, which puts me at a loss a little bit having not read it and then watching this. Because, but I, I'm judging the film, not the book. So, I, I would say that it felt cold. It felt a little slow, but also rushed. It, it's like I'm very confused by all of it, you know. Yeah. And in the end, when it did end, I was like, "That's it." Like, that's where, we're, that's where we're at now. Like, that's all we got in this movie was this. It just, I wanted more because I am interested in it. But I think if I'm basing all of my review and my rating off this movie, it doesn't feel like enough. And I'm a little surprised at how much, not how many accolades it's gotten for all of its its cast and the sound, the costumes, all the cinematography. It's totally, uh, I think it's warranted, but I'm surprised that the general audience loved this film because it doesn't really do much.
2: I almost wonder though, if the quote general audience is more just the loud minority of people who read the book and are obsessed with the book and are like, Mm. yes, finally, you know, a good representation of this in the mainstream cinema. like. Cause I do feel like most of what I've heard is like, Oh yeah, it's gorgeous to look at. And you know, I, I, I feel yeah. like most of what I've seen is kind of where we're at, where it's like, it's kind of mixed. It did some things really well, but like also.
1: <laughs> that is a good point. Uh, Brett I've maybe made this comment before on MCFC, but like, I remember years ago there was a whole like, uh, you know, like a 538 article about this where IMDB or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it was, which everybody bases their, you know, you know, like uh, thoughts right. on of like the ratings, but it was like night, the demographics of the actual people doing the reviews are like 95% like 30 to 40 year old dudes, like white dudes, <laughs> or so, Like, what are those yeah. things? Like, oh, well, that's really going to sure. skew. Like, that's not the entire uh, audience. And if it's just a bunch of fanboys who love the book Dune that, like, gave it, te- you know, 10 out of 10, five mm-hmm. out of five, whatever, then it's like, it's going to inflate it. So I think that is a good reminder. We're like, did everyone love it? Although it was the highest grossing film, I guess, of last year.
2: I will but say, that surprises me. I, I do wish. But- I had watched it in the theater. I think that would have been a different experience. I still would have had the same exact, you know, analysis of it, but it would have been cool to see all of the things that I did enjoy on that huge screen with that booming sound in my seat kind of rattling, you know, that would have been cool.
0: Yeah. I can imagine like the sandworm, uh, the oh, sandworm yeah, that part be... being, yeah. being so epic because of the people being so tiny, you know, Mm-hmm. It's it, like, so. you should
1: have seen it on my, my iPhone 12 mini. It Ooh. was like, it was <laughs> shocking when that sandworm... shocking,
0: shocking is definitely a word I would use. I would, I would use that word. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
1: The only other, I, I guess going down this path of, I think we're all in consensus of like, this looked incredible and sounded amazing, but the, the story was so simple and unfulfilling and actually didn't create any emotion or tension or drama. And yet it was so successful. And right before the awards, admittedly, I didn't read it. Cause you know, of the paywall, fuck you, New York times. But there was that <laughs> trending article of like, uh, the Oscars, you know, it's kind of like the death of the Oscars, but it's like actually the death of like the movie industry in a way, like this, you know, very mm-hmm. prophetic article, but that like, you're not seeing, movie goers attend and go see Belfast or anything like that. Like everyone goes mm-hmm. and sees the new Spider-Man, the new Avengers, the new mm-hmm. Marvel, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure a lot of those movies, some are better than others. Again, it's, it's not something I often go seek out, but that like the mass audiences just kind of want like large action. Yeah. You know, and yeah. for better or not. And so that does make sense. Why maybe on a global scale, you know, throughout the world, people are like, yeah, you know, it's not hard to, that's you know i'm contradicting my earlier comment it was very hard to pay attention to but the actual story is like yeah
0: you know uh, But i mean this happened this happened uh before i'm sure several times i'm sure uh i know when jaws came out there was a whole you know that's famously like shook up the industry of film and suddenly it wasn't art house independent or or just you know these off-colored like anti-heroes suddenly were gone And now we were doing Jaws and then we were doing Star Wars and then that changed everything too. So it's like Yeah. There's there's this part where I mean the eighties films, a lot of them were just garbage. Just straight garbage. Even the best of them, you're like, this is what's best. (laughs) Um I would say My dinner with Andre. Mommy Dear. No, that was a great film. That was also great. Anyone any more of mine any more paradise? No. Car- color, color purple, purple. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna avoid I'm gonna avoid the 80s I'm, still, I I'm would, determined to I find suggest... some more gems yeah um, I right. right, appreciate that uh, any last thoughts before we rate this film
2: um, I just want everyone to remember that as Zendaya said I think almost directly to the camera uh, this is only the beginning <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll follow her anywhere in the sand so let's go well, and, and hey, i think most uh, i think most people hey. would
0: most people would she's she's a fucking chameleon she can look so uh, unbelievably stunning and so normal and then so haggard i'm
2: sorry she, even, she's just like even when she looks normal still stunning even when she looks haggard no i know I'd look the sweat I, okay. off her face. I'm
0: just saying that she has a lot, she has a lot of range and she's <laughs> yeah. not afraid to go to those places. If you're, um, if you're
1: listening, Zendaya, if you ever want to be on the show, we'd love to have you. MCF, yes. Movie oh. in, person film, so you. Sure, um, in person only.
2: In
0: person only. In person and Zoom. Uh, so why don't we do our ratings here, guys? Um, Ian, what did you rate this film?
1: I oscillated a bit, and uh, as I do. But uh, at the end of the day, I gave this a 7.2, mm. uh, basically because of the reasons stated, the aforementioned reasons that they did so much cool shit on a grand scale, which is a blockbuster movie, mm-hmm. but
2: mm-hmm.
1: eh, you know, I gave, I gave the uh, visual audio A plus story C minus, kind of was how I got mm. to the
0: 7.2. Okay. All right. How about you, Briette?
2: Uh, I could pretty much just quote everything Ian said, except because I rate on a scale based in sanity, I gave it a seven. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I I appreciate both those. I think we're all pretty close on this one. I gave this film a 7.5, and I did that because I do think this has a lot of promise, and I'm really hoping that... Um, I mean, first off, I love the visual side of this and although I'm not ranking this based on there's a part two, I'm saying that I'm really excited to see what this feels like again with a part two. Um, there was no part of this that I rolled my eyes or said I didn't like it. I just think it didn't, didn't hit it out of the park the way that most of society is saying that it did. Um, but I am, I am interested to see where this goes. And, and ultimately, this does not have anything to do with, with the rating. I really love this director's vision of things. Like he did um, Blade Runner 2049. He did... Uh, Arrival. What else did he do? Arrival. Sicario, which is like... This is one of the things... If you haven't seen Sicario, does such an amazing job of building tension. So I was a little surprised that this lacked it. Because hmm. his storytelling understands how to build that tension. And I just think it didn't happen here. And maybe he was too stuck close to the, the, the book or, you know, the material.
1: I know we rated the film, but like one final note I had was that, you know, about the importance of that director, Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, Villeneuve? I, I don't know how to pronounce it to be honest, but you know, this movie has failed in many other attempts. We talked about it before we started recording, but like 1984 is, David Lynch's Dune has often been critically Mm -hmm. panned and the failed attempt by Alejandro Jodorowsky, which, you know, he never released, but was going to be 14 hours. And apparently when Frank Herbert saw his script, it looked like a phone book and he's like, what, what is the, what, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So the fact that to take this world, you know, I give him a little bit of a, a, uh, some grace. So Sure.
0: Yeah, but what he didn't say that it was just a a fat script that says, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy over and over <laughs> again. That's what Um So I am in charge of trivia this week. So yeah. now it's time to go into trivia. Uh you know, every yeah. week we ask a couple questions. The first question is worth one point, the second question is worth two. And this week, I wish you both luck as we go into this. Currently, our standings are Brittany at 10 points, Ian at 11 points, and I am currently winning at 16. Lucky for them, I can't score any points this week because I am giving the questions. Ooh, Brittany's coming up my rear.
2: Hey.
0: (laughs) Are you guys ready for question number one? Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Baron Harkonnen was played by Stellan Skarsgård in Dune. In the novel, Baron has a nephew named Fade Rautha Harkonnen, who was not in the 2021 version, but will surely show up in part two. He did, however, show up in David Lynch's 1984 version. Who played that character in 1984? Brittany has raised her hand. What do you got? Uh, since I've it. since go I've ahead.
2: never seen it, um, I'm gonna mm. go ahead and say maybe he was feeling greedy and it was David Lynch.
0: It was not. That's incorrect. <laughs> okay. Good guess, Ian. Ian for the for the steal. You got your hand up. Um,
1: nephew to Baron Harkonnen in
0: 1984. Sam Elliott. <laughs> Sam Elliott. Oh, you're so close. That is incorrect. Fade Rautha Harkonnen was actually played by Sting. I thought oh, maybe you guys would wow. know that. Because oh, uh, if you just look up, if you just look up 1984's Sting, uh, uh, Sting. No, if you look up 1984's Dune, Sting is one of the main characters oh, wow. in the in the list of like starring. So hey. Wasn't that impossible, but if you haven't seen it, it makes it a lot harder, I guess. A little bit, yeah. um, No points. No points on question number one. That's great, because I want to keep my lead. Um, on question number two, worth two points. Here we go. Get your hands ready. Timothy Chalamet was in the desert for much of Dune, but it wasn't the first time he's dealt with natural elements on a major earth-threatening scale. In what 2014 film did he play the son of a heroic pilot? Uh, Ian's hand has gone up first.
1: Uh, the Tom Hanks one where he lands a plane on the, the New York City uh, like uh, <laughs> Captain uh, Captain What? <laughs>
0: What? What, what is going on? <laughs> is that is that a real answer? Do you really think this is a movie that exists? You said that's a re- <laughs>
2: Captain.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Remember oh, oh, the oh, oh oh. You're talking about the guy who lands a plane upside down in yeah. the Hudson River, right? Yeah, or the Potomac or something. Is Hudson Hudson River? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I Captain, forget what that was called? Captain is it Rudy. Captain uh, yeah. Renfro. Oh my god. I don't think it was Captain Renfro, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there going like, what the hell? Are you... uh, that, I saw what... that movie. It's not Rudy, but it's it's got an R or it's a, some guy's name. It's just Captain Sully? something. Sully? Captain, Captain R- Fudders. that
2: was his name. It wasn't Sully. his name. It was Sully. Uh, it was okay. called
0: Sully. Jeez. That's what it Thank you so much. Can I get a half point uh, for Brittany. getting the
2: alternative trivia no. question? Oh, okay.
0: Brittany, um, uh, what... In what 2014 film did he play the son of a heroic pilot? This is Timothy Chalamet.
2: Let's say uh, Captain Duty Hoo Hoo.
0: Captain Duty Hoo Hoo is really (laughs) close. Oh shit! He
2: actually played Matthew
0: McConaughey's son in Interstellar. Oh wow!
1: Oh, Uh, Uh, and just
0: that's and just. Just four. In my defense, you don't
2: get a defense for an incorrect (laughs) answer.
0: Wait, uh, tonight, tonight, the part of Ian will be played, or part of Bo will be played by Ian. Uh, Uh, Sully did come out
1: in 2016 about a heroic pilot starring Tom Hanks. I mean, it was plausible. It was not. I mean, I didn't know the answer at all, but
0: but I, I did say this. I did give you a hint. I said he. It wasn't the first time he's dealt with natural elements on a major Earth-threatening scale. I mean, How- that's what? that's why Matthew McConaughey's character left Earth is because earth no longer was inhabitable I see and what you're all saying. the dust okay. storms I, and okay, the vegetables okay. were dying and all the crazy amounts of dust which then came in you know Sorry. dust and sand came into the element of the uh, movie later on and that's how blah 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 blah. i'm not gonna spoil anything
1: Look, these um, are these are fair they, they were fair questions mm-hmm. we we probably both should have answered both of them we both yeah we
0: Guys, I'm glad. I'm glad that I could give these questions to you. I'm really glad that neither of you got them. That gives me one week to, uh, you know,
1: <sighs> expand keep your going leave.
0: ahead. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, that's all for this week. We are glad that you guys watched Dune or didn't, or are going to go watch it. We hope you enjoy it. Ian, Brittany, as always, uh, you know, I've only got one thing to say to you each, and that is, I love you. I love you, Zendaya. I love you.
2: I love you. Okay, it's time for our coming attraction and I'm very excited about next week. We're going to travel to the time in history before the Hollywood production code uh, where things were real wet, wild, and saucy in the uh, early days of film. And we're going to be watching 1932's Merrily We Go to Hell directed by Dorothy Arzner. Can't wait.
1: Wow! Wow!
2: <laughs> those those are some some slow wows.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. I guess I All right. I, I got I gotta go. So <laughs> merrily we go to hell next week. It, yep. Merrily,
1: merrily, merrily, merrily. Oh. Merrily God. we go to hell.
2: I'm until, just
1: gonna cut that it out. It's fine. Okay. I'm I'm <laughs> gonna stop recording. Fu-
0: movie cinema film club is brought to you by shit show media make sure you check out all of our upcoming movies we'll be talking about on our instagram at movie cinema film club if you have an opinion a comment or a movie you think we should watch and discuss email us at movie club at gmail.com this week's episode was written by ian Schof, britney everett and me beau hufford and it was edited by britney everett remember support your local cinema don't spoil films be oh so quiet at the movies and for the love of god choose to read subtitles and boycott film dubbing thanks for listening and we'll see you next time